This is an RNZ podcast. On Thursday, Morning Report on RNZ National had good news about an effective treatment for COVID-19 sufferers in critical care. Now, fewer patients die and less ICU support is needed when patients with COVID-19 are given corticosteroids. That's according to new research published today by the Journal of the American Medical Association. And the leader of the trial in New Zealand, Dr Colin MacArthur at Auckland City Hospital, was the co-author of that newly published global analysis. A big picture of Dr MacArthur dominated the front page of the Herald that same day and a heading that said that his research had shown that widely available and cheap drugs can save critically ill COVID-19 patients. His analysis had found that two steroids cut the risk of death for those needing ICU care, but this was not a one-off or fluke result. It was part of a huge coordinated effort as the BBC reported later that day. All clinical trial data investigating steroids from around the world has now been gathered together and analysed. The results published in the Journal of the American Medical Association confirm dexamethasone works and that another steroid, hydrocortisone, is as effective. The combined data on more than 1,700 critically ill patients showed 40% died on standard therapy, but this fell to 32% with steroids. The findings reinforced a previous UK-based trial and incorporated data from seven clinical trials in 12 countries, including six patients here in New Zealand. And Dr MacArthur was at pains to point out to the media this was not a cure but a remedy. And treatments like this that work are doubly important because they're cheap and because a vaccine is likely to be some way off yet. Susie Ferguson put it like this to Dr MacArthur on Morning Report. Perhaps this is the first step along the road to some combination of drugs perhaps that would result in an effective treatment for COVID-19? Yes, it definitely is a step along the road. Um, There are different phases of the disease where different uh, treatments may be more effective. Uh, Antivirals, uh, if we can find one that's effective, will probably be better earlier on. And then we start the immune response needing to be dampened down later on, such as steroids, which are very generic anti-immune therapies or more uh, targeted therapies after that. And then we have to deal with the complications um, that arise in severely ill, such as an increased rate of uh, blood clotting. So clearly it's complicated medical stuff. And the reason that Dr MacArthur said cautiously that the new findings are just a step along the road. But the weight of international trial data behind his findings meant that the Herald was right to put the word breakthrough in big yellow letters on its front page on Thursday. But sections of the media across the Tasman have thrown caution to the wind in recent weeks by backing another dirt-cheap drug as a cure that's ready to roll right now without any evidence that it would really work. Chris Kenny, on his own show The Kenny Report on Sky News Australia, which screens on Sky TV Channel 85 here, said this back in April. This high-level Australian study involving a number of institutions, including Monash University, has declared that the drug inhibits the replication of the virus, kills it off. The key points here are the drug kills the virus in test tube experiments, a single treatment produces a 5,000-fold reduction over 48 hours, it's already approved to treat other infections so it can be repurposed and it's widely available as a listed WHO essential medicine. Well, it is, but not for COVID-19, so far as we know. There, Chris Kenny was talking about ivermectin, a drug that's been used for many years in different doses and combinations to treat things like head lice in humans and parasites in animals. And that Monash University study that Chris Kenny talked about there did indeed show in early April doses of ivermectin stopped the spread of COVID-19 infection, but only in a test tube. 
Now, at that time, the Ministry of Health here responded to news reports about that by warning people not to try to treat themselves with ivermectin for COVID-19 because it's also used here as a widely available sheep dip. High doses can have serious effects, said the ministry, including low blood pressure, worsening asthma, severe autoimmune disorders, seizures and liver damage. But soon after that, Sydney-based gastroenterologist Professor Thomas Barodi appeared on Sky News Australia and told Chris Kenny ivermectin in combination with two other compounds does work on COVID-19 if you catch COVID patients early. It looks like corona. It is very simple to kill. Very simple to kill. Now, have you seen this in Australian patients? Can you tell us of any examples of people, how sick they were and how rapidly this drug has worked? No, we have not started using this in Australian patients. We've used it in the US and the, the access that I have is where we had a, a 14 hospital trial in Bangladesh. We got 100 out of 100. In China, they tried to reproduce it. They got 60 out of 60 cured compared with slightly less uh, Impressive hydroxychloroquine result. So I am behind the ivermectin, doxycycline, zinc uh, treatment because it has very few side effects and is a real killer of coronavirus. And Sky News host Chris Smith was clearly impressed and turned this into a kind of campaign. We have treatments for this virus staring at us in the face, but it's being ignored. And Chris Smith went on to put pressure on the Australian government like this. If the public discovers that we've overlooked the proverbial gift horse, a treatment and a vaccine that turn out to work, I tell you what, the Morrison government's efforts thus far will be quickly forgotten. Now, that was three weeks ago, and on his radio show last weekend, Chris Smith presented what he called Proof, a woman who said that her 94-year-old COVID-stricken mother had taken the combination of drugs and improved. She didn't have the strength to fight it, so it... Go for it. Use it. You've got nothing to lose. Monica, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much, Chris. Monica Klasinski. We've got a trial that's proved it to be 90 to 100% successful. There's one classic case. What do you get out of her condition now? What, What do you think has occurred? Well, I get mostly happiness, but it looks like she's turned the corner and the bug must have reduced in numbers the viral load because she has appetite, no longer has symptoms, according to the nursing home. This treatment works, doesn't it, Tom? Well, it does and works all over the world and there's a lot of evidence for it. Sure. Now, health professionals don't usually do a public prognosis of a patient they've never even seen, based on second-hand details on talk radio from a relative who's not a doctor. But after claiming there's plenty of evidence from around the world, Professor Barodi said that the ivermectin, zinc and doxycycline combo could halt the outbreak in Victoria safely in as little as four weeks. Now, like Sky News Australia, Sydney paper The Daily Telegraph is owned by Rupert Murdoch's News Corp, and it described Professor Barodi as having invented a cheap and readily available treatment for COVID-19, and that his own country is now ignoring him. And that was part of a chorus of criticism of the government, big pharma and health authorities from News Corp's papers, and their outspoken columnists like Andrew Bolt, Piers Ackerman and Miranda Devine. 
though other media outlets in Australia told a very different story about ivermectin and Professor Barodi's claims. Melbourne paper The Age, for example, reported that the journal which originally published the early findings from Melbourne's ivermectin trial has since published letters from other scientists cautioning against its use. One told The Age, you'll hit safety problems far sooner than you will hit efficacy with ivermectin. And the same day, the Queensland Times reported this. When asked about the drug's potential in treating coronavirus, a molecular pharmacologist from the University of Adelaide said, oh no, not ivermectin. It's not a cure for COVID-19. He said no clinical trial data was available yet and claims that ivermectin as a cure were to be taken with a grain of salt. Meanwhile, stories about ivermectin elsewhere have fired up worries about self-medication. USA Today ran this headline, Don't take your pet's heartworm medicine to treat coronavirus. While the website horse.com sounded the alarm like this. Don't take your horse's dewormer. Ivermectin unproven as COVID-19 treatment. And after far-right cable channel One American Network touted the drug as a cure that could kill the virus in just 48 hours, the fact-checking service Snopes.com said this. Our analysis determined that this claim is a mixture of half-truths combined with misleading and overzealous claims. Now, reassuringly, the only mentions of ivermectin in the mainstream news media here have been ones warning that it isn't a cure, though there is one exception. Why is there not an open-minded approach, a much more open-minded approach, to the variation of, um, of shall we say, regular beliefs or assumptions? Look, I, I don't have an answer either, but when you go back in history, it is a characteristic of mankind which Machiavelli wrote about in, in Chapter 6, I think, of The Prince. That was Professor Barodi last week in conversation with longtime News Talk ZB host Leighton Smith, who's no longer on the air but does have a weekly podcast hosted by ZB and The Herald and its publisher NZME. And last week it was a platform for the professor to urge GPs to use ivermectin. I think we got a perfect therapy that just fell into our lap. I don't know where it came from, essentially. When I look back, you might say, why do we have such a neat therapy? And why doesn't everybody just rush and start using it, like you said? Unanswered questions. Well, the answers obviously are political. Well, the answers are actually scientific. But in a rambling 25-minute interview, Professor Barodi said that pharmaceutical companies and research institutes are not interested in ivermectin because it's cheap and already approved, so there's no big money to be made. Professor Barodi said he was willing to brief Jacinda Ardern on all this so that New Zealand could lead the world in ivermectin use, though Leighton Smith let him down gently on the chances of that. And you can treat with a lower dose those around them, and so the whole epidemic will stop in this country. And I'm sure you've got a very brave Prime Minister, Ardern, and I'd be very pleased to arrange some urgent briefing with a COVID team, because that's what really would make New Zealand fly, open the economy, and I'd love to support her great work. The problem with that is that there is a, a very small advisory group around the Prime Minister with just three or four, maybe five people, and no, in, no seeming interest in any advice from anywhere else. But the most interesting response in this interview was when Leighton Smith asked Professor Barodi this question. How much support have you got from medical circles? Well, from medical circles... Fascinating. I was just uh, shown this morning that someone put up a voting, Barodi versus Fauci. I think I got 99%.
Now that survey the professor seemed so happy with was just a Twitter poll set by one guy in the US who runs his own blog called Covexit, which hosts his own writing on hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. He has no significant support in medical circles, but plenty from radio and TV hosts and columnists with a bone to pick about the government and COVID containment policy. But we need decision makers who can take a simple therapy and change the world. It can be done. And with your help, hopefully it will be. I'm happy to assist whichever way I can to to, uh, save lives and open up the economy. When media company NZME unveiled its annual results here last week, its boss said proudly that NZME had been deemed an essential service during New Zealand's COVID crisis and, at times of crisis, New Zealanders had turned to NZME to keep them in the know with leading news and journalism. But it seems that's not a commitment that extends to the Leighton Smith podcast. Well, one podcast which really is committed to news you can use about COVID-19 is the top-rating Coronacast from Australia's ABC, hosted by infectious disease expert Dr Norman Swan. In a recent episode about New Zealand's elimination strategy, he said this about the push for ivermectin. It's hydroxychloroquine all over again, and the question is, if scarce resources, should you actually spend them on ivermectin? Well, maybe you should. It's a, it's a cheap drug, but there's stronger evidence for other drugs around at the moment. Maybe it's worth a little bit of money just to test the water. But the problem here is you've got to do big trials quickly to find the answer. And what happens here is you get pretty little trials too small to actually come to a conclusion, yet somebody grabs on to some little result on the, in the corner of the trial and says it works when it's really not justified. That's why the British have been doing really good work where massive amounts of people have been treated for COVID-19 in an electronically uh, enabled healthcare system and they're able to do mass clinical trials very early, which is how we know that an HIV drug doesn't work, it's how we know hydroxychloroquine doesn't work and it's how we know that dexamethasone does work. And uh, that's the sort of thing that you need to do. And it's that dexamethasone, which Dr Swan mentioned there, combined with hydrocortisone, that's been found to help patients critically ill with COVID-19 in Dr MacArthur's research findings, which featured on the front page of the New Zealand Herald this week, where the front page headline, Breakthrough, was really justified, though it certainly isn't for Ivermectin and Professor Barodi. But in answer to this question on that edition of the Coronacast, Dr Swan acknowledged it's not always science that holds sway once the media make noise about something like ivermectin. One of the criticisms that I've seen in other media around Australia is that it's being ignored or that the scientists who are behind it are being silenced. But it's actually got funding for research, hasn't it? Yeah, it's got, it's got about a million dollars for funding. It's probably not much to fund a clinical trial, but it might be enough to get a pilot done to see whether or not there is an effect there. Uh, in other words, there's a signal there which it's worth studying further. But you wouldn't spend a lot of money early on a big clinical trial unless you've got a good signal that it works. But politics being what it is, to keep people quiet, they might do it.